Alex. Ruins. It's about archaeology uh, and anthropology. No, I'm humanity. doing that. Why? You gotta oh, mute that out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I think that was, that, that was good. I think we should keep that one. We'll think about it. We'll do something. Maybe. All right. <laughs> All right. So, welcome, everybody. This is our new and upcoming podcast, Relics, Ruins, and Rascals. I am one of many of your wonderful hosts, Jared Roberts. I specialize in the Lower Pecos archaeology, but that's not necessarily what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about a lot of different topics. So, who else wants to speak? Um, I am Jake. I am focusing on Mayan epigraphy, iconography, and ceramics. Uh, Hello, everyone. This is Tony. My focus is on community and public archaeology, as well as archaeological education and cultural heritage. Hey everybody, uh, this is Teddy. I'm an Omic iconographer, and I also focus on Mesoamerican iconography and archaeology. And humanity. <laughs> and uh, Mesoamerican belief systems. Sweet. Gosh. I still can't get over that last little part. Oh yeah, well that's why we're keeping it in, obviously. Oh yeah, so um, <laughs> obviously we're doing a podcast, and uh, what we're really trying to do here is we're trying to open up dialogue on multiple avenues. Um, obviously, we're focusing on archaeology, but um, before we even do that, I guess, what exactly is archaeology and why should we be focusing on it? That, that's a good start, right? <sighs> what is archaeology? Damn. What is it? <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask. Um, archaeology is examining past human lives um, by examining the culture they left behind, artifacts, you know, sites, cities, stuff. So yeah, we study material culture of past civilizations. Yeah. So we're, we're basically studying humanity through what they leave behind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also the pictures, the iconography that they leave also as well. Yep. Well, you know, then why, why do we call ourselves you know, relics, ruins, and rascals. I mean, the words relics and ruins, for example, such connotations can come from that. Oh, it's because we absolutely hate those words. <laughs> I mean, because of those connotations. I mean, relics, it, it, it's, it takes away, because when you think about a relic, or at least when I think about a relic, it's... It's something that's not, in ta- it's not tangible to the normal person. Yeah. It's something that's... Ooh, it's so spooky and mysterious, yeah. you know, and that's probably why we have such a bad thing with aliens right now is because <laughs> it's so mysterious. No, it, these are artifacts. These are what people used in a day-to-day. They're not just those very specialized aspects, those super elaborate burials. It's also what happened. What, what were they eating? What were, I mean, what was life like at that time? And that's why I think we chose the title too as well because it's kind of like demystifying as well as debunking the, what those ideals of what a relic or what a ruin is, you know. Um, because you're right, they do, there is some sort of mystical, you know, Indiana Jones or, you know, Tomb Raider or all these other pseudo-archaeologists and then, you know, you make it real like, you know, definitely not what it really is, which is digging in the dirt for hours on end <laughs> in the heat. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And in a place where you won't be finding any crystal skulls or dowels of destiny. But, you know, some arrowheads and some bowls and things like that that the average person would have used. And what can that tell us about how they lived and why they did what they did? 
Right, and that kind of comes into ruins, you know. They're not ruins, they're leftovers of ancient civilizations, and we study these things. Tony's had a lot of, actually, Tony's done a lot of work in Belize on these, so I'll let him take over for a little bit you and talk about that. <laughs> oh, God, I hate it here. <laughs> well, it's just the word ruins, too, and it's, uh, it's something that um, I know I've been trying to uh, get people to not use that word so much in Belize. So whenever I see it um, on Facebook or Instagram that, oh, I went to um, the Maya ruins today, and it just, I cringe, and I had to tell them, no, it's an archaeological site, it's an ancient city, uh, call it what you want. But the idea of ruins is that the entire place is ruined, and no, it's just in a different state than it used to be. Right, and that's too, I guess, moving on to the next thing is what we're trying to do here too, is kind of engage the public better about what archaeology really is from our point of view, the academic point of view, you know, because I don't think there's a lot of it out there. And some people have been better lately, but you see so many TikToks and everything of pseudo-archaeology. and The worst. It's really bad. So we're trying to kind of teach you guys, you know, and kind of we're learning too still, you know. That's what we're here doing. Yeah, I, I definitely am trying to be here and trying to learn because, holy crap, there's so much that we don't know yeah. and there's so much that we can learn. I mean, it's not that it's sometimes archaeology and especially talking about all those TikToks and everything is it is intangible and it's almost as if that humanity couldn't do the things that they could do in the past and that's I mean, that's wrong on so many levels. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, and then on top of that, just to be compared to those shows such as Ancient Aliens and you know, that's just gets me going, friend. I get so mad at that, Chet. <laughs> yeah, because you're taken away from, from culture and taken away from people. Yeah. You know? yeah. Absolutely. And that's kind of like what that pseudoscience is, you know, like we were talking. But, I mean, like, what does pseudoscience mean to you? Like, um, That's a good question. Yeah. I think it's a way of um, explaining things where a story is, is fantastic and the story is offered as proof. Um, there's no tangible evidence to any of it. And even if there is quote-unquote evidence, it's extremely circumstantial. Um, someone sees an image or something that looks like it's flying and, oh, my God, right away, that has to be a spaceship. Like, yeah. no. Like it can mean something completely mm -hmm. different, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or the fact that um, people in Egypt uh, built pyramids. And uh, lo and behold, people in the Maya world built pyramids too. Ooh, that means they had to have contact. Like, no. No, it's just the best way to stack rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like stacking rocks. Yeah. Stacking. You're good at it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. But unfortunately, I mean, if we look at the, the pseudoscience and all these shows that are out there, that's what gets people. They get mm -hmm. hooked on it because they make it look so intriguing, and then people get to assume that this is what archaeology actually is, and or they assume, you know, Oh, um, do you do what Indiana Jones did? And I'm like, uh, no. Yeah. We or actually do you dig up dinosaurs. No, we don't <laughs> dig dinosaurs. We take notes. We don't destroy relics and put them in warehouses. Like there's a process to it. I mean, yep. did you ever see Indiana Jones take any depth measurements? <laughs> no, that would be a very boring. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest. Yeah. Be a mini series <laughs> that would never make it. Exactly. Can you imagine? What's that Munsell? <laughs> Ooh, that's a nice tin YR there. Yeah, that comes back to just to kind of teaching and you know working, working together and putting this out there and engaging the public more. Like I was talking about earlier, it's, we need to. It's important that we do that because I don't think the archaeologists get a, a good enough voice 
lately yeah. with all the pseudoscience and the shows that we should. So Most definitely, and I think that also doing it, we need to go on multiple fronts. We can't just do one podcast. We can't just do one show. We can't just teach one class. It needs or do one outreach program. It needs to be a constant effort to kind of combat these ideas that have, and then the demystify it for the public too, because yep. you know <laughs> obviously they're getting these ideas because it's not uh, told to them exactly what we do or right. how we do it. Yeah. I guess my big question would be is if the public actually knew what archaeology did, would they be as interested as they were when they thought it was very mystical? Mm. That's, a good point. That's a good point. I mean, those who are, I guess, serious about, about learning, I mean, it's like you said, there's a reason why people gravitate to these shows is because they make it seem interesting. Um, but what are archaeologists do to combat that narrative, in a sense? I mean when we write our articles or we you know, give our conferences, everything is still so heavy with big words and jargon that people may be turned off from trying to understand what's actually going on. So in many cases, us as archeologists are not exactly helping the situation because we're also keeping it to ourselves. I right. mean, how many times do we write an article thinking, ooh, I want other archeologists to read yep. this as opposed to, I want regular um, Joe or Patty, you know, to understand what's going on so they can understand as well. Very great point, Tony. That's really important because, yeah, we, we, we write for our peers a lot, like Tony just mentioned, and we need to do better. And Tony actually wrote a good paper about jargon. Yeah, uh, I got a lot of um, ugly looks for that. Like, are you trying to tell me that you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing this wrong? No, you're not doing it wrong. You just need to change how you do it and to talk to lay people so they can understand what you're doing because mm -hmm. i think people want to understand the problem with that is that if you don't make it able for them to understand and you gatekeep this whole thing behind this wall of academia then we're also doing a disservice to ourselves yeah we got to find a middle ground and it's also the access to to that you know what i mean because gatekeeping can be in so many forms you know about like these paywalls too mm. if someone does want to read an article i mean you have to pay a set amount of money or you know and that talks about how archaeologists or how people who write these papers, including ourselves, are we doing it open access? Are right. we giving that opportunity for people to read these things? Right. Without actually, you know, because it's, we're not doing it for the fame. Or at least, you know. At least yeah, there's, there's absolutely no money <laughs> in archaeology. Yeah. For, for those of you that have been in there, you think that they're keeping the fantastical stuff? No. no. And, <laughs> and, and most people butt heads <laughs> behind the scenes, so there's always picking and poking with archaeologists with each other. Yes. But kind of going back, I'm sorry, uh, going back to the access point, that's kind of one of the things that I'm really scared about, too, because if you don't know, a lot of the articles are very hard to get. Um, they're not open to the public. You have to go through certain avenues. So basically, all of us right now, we're in the, univer the university system. But as soon as you get out of that university system, you would have to almost pay $40, $50 to access a single article yep. as opposed to getting it open access for free. And so I'm actually kind of worried about that when I get out of the university system. How am I even going to be able to access some of this information? Yeah. And then if you, you if you put that to the public, it's basically impossible. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, maybe that means that we, there needs to be a call for a group of people, maybe to do an open access article, where we can all really kind of put our thoughts and our workings into it. Um, and it, of course, it's going to have to be nonprofit, or it's going to have to be you know funded privately. 
uh, by working at nights. <laughs> so if there's actually a sugar daddy or a sugar mama out there that wants to fund some archaeological open access articles, we will be more than happy to take your money. I, Absolutely. I'm a great cook. So I, <laughs> can make the tamales if you want. Um, one of the, one of the things I think we're, we we kind of discussed it a little bit earlier about you know the difference between pseudo archaeology and how you build up an actual you build up evidence to a certain point, and my advisor always talks about this uh, cable like arguments basically coming at it from a very holistic approach where you come at it from the ecology, you come at it from what they were eating, you come at it from the iconography, you come at it from every single angle. And when you have evidence to support you from all of those angles, that actually provides a very, very strong argument for what you're trying to look at. Exactly. Because going back to that too, it's not we don't just pull things out of, out of the ground. It has to go come out of the ground. It's got to go through the lab. And this lab time and everything takes a long, long time. Yeah, but what it also shows is that in archaeology, um, there are many different sciences or approaches that can help you understand something. So when people think archaeology, they think everyone goes into the field, everyone sticks to travel in the ground, and they don't understand that there is a lot of lab work and analysis. And some people who are archaeologists who never get to the field at all because their entire, you know, their lives, their research is based on lab work, whether it's examining bones or um, plant remains, or looking at ceramics. They're looking at these things. So from many different viewpoints, there are many different specialties within um, archaeology itself. Yeah, and a lot of us do photography um, here. Actually, Jared taught me how to do uh, photogrammetry. I think he taught Jake, You're too. not that bad at it, either. I'm getting better. I, uh, I did miss an important photo <laughs> <laughs> when I was up doing some work. Uh, one photo of one glyph in the middle Ooh, of a bad. panel. <laughs> I got to drive back up to Dallas and take one photo. <laughs> um, but you know, kind of going back on what Tony was talking about, how there's so many different avenues. I think what we're trying to do in this podcast is actually hit at all of those avenues. So instead of just focusing on, let's say, iconography, which we will talk a whole lot about oh, yeah. iconography because we love iconography, but um, we're going to hit at it and we're going to actually get special specialists from each one of those individual little aspects and try to give you guys a picture of what archaeology is as a whole because that's very difficult to do when you're just focused on one specific thing. Right. Yeah. And we'll be learning along with you when we have these specialized oh, guests yeah. in because there's a lot of things, I mean, especially because we'll be going, probably doing cultural, linguistics, other things too that we're not, not all of us are super comfortable with. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why um, I think the four of us being as different as we are in our varying backgrounds is a good thing because there are things that we know that um, that we are, we're not exactly experts in, but we're well-versed, that the other person may not be. I mean, I have a, a, you know experience with um, outreach and heritage, but I am not as well-versed in my epigraphy, for example, like Jake, or rock art like Jared, or, you know, all mixed stuff like Teddy. But we all bring something different to the table, which I think is fantastic. And we're all friends. Uh, for now. We'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes uh, later. A couple on. more episodes later, we'll be yeah. choking each other out. Five episodes <laughs> in, we're at each other's throats. Right. Well, as long as Jared doesn't sing that song anymore. <laughs> Don't. It's about uh, the apology. You get the apology. I hate it so much. Humanity.
Oh, <laughs> you didn't know that's where the rascal part comes in in the title. Yes, yeah. I, the rascals. It's really just me. I'm the rascal. He, he, just one rascal. Right. Rascally. And some other things we were talking about. I'm sorry, pulling it back in. Um, was uh, doing definitions of some words in archaeology. Oh, yeah. Like talking about the jargon, but mm-hmm. kind of breaking those down for everybody. Yeah, because again, I mean, the jargon is a huge thing. Well, what is jargon? Let's define jargon. Is jargon jargon? It's nonsensical words. Jargon is jargon. I like that. <laughs> well, there, there's two. I, I think there's two different ways um, to look at jargon. As, as soon as you start specializing in a particular field, you need to come across and get ideas out that are a little bit difficult to do with, let's say, the words that are normal to everybody. And so that's the place where jargon kind of comes in is when you become more specialized, you end up having words that are very specialized and not everybody knows those words. But at the same time, it's a problem yeah. because it it basically it, it stonewalls people mm-hmm. trying to get into the field because they may not learn it. And they may not, I mean, I don't want to look up every word right. if I'm reading it. I mean, I still I, have to. Right, sometimes I do too, especially <laughs> if we're doing theory. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Gross. Theory. But, but I guess, Tony, uh, how, how exactly do we get around that? Because I know you, you've actually done some work in trying to figure this out. So how, how do we get around that? Well, it's not so much that we can um, abolish the use of jargon, because like you said, sometimes the jargon is necessary. But it's when you don't define what your terms are when you present something or when you write something and you use all these words but you're not defining it, you're assuming that your your public, your audience understands what you're saying. Or unless you're purposefully writing in this way to make sure only your colleagues understand what you're saying. But there are also ways that you can simplify um, some large words or terms. To, you know, if you want to publish something that's highly scientific, there are certain journals that are great for that. But if you want a wider reach or a wider scope, then you should define, you should simplify. Mm-hmm. And even some, some words that we think we know and then turns out in, in archaeological terms, they're different. And I was thinking of the word like paste. We're thinking paste, like I think like, like glue paste. Like the stuff you eat when you're a kid. Yeah. <laughs> no, the stuff that I you still eat when you're That was paint chips, friend. Yeah. But then you think about paste when it comes to ceramics and for... You know, and for a while, I'm like, well, I kind of get what it means, but at the same time, I don't know what it means. So unless someone defines, like, what the paste actually is, then you might think the paste is, like, the glue or something. And, like, wait, what? Like, what does that mean? It doesn't make sense. I think what would be amazing in this podcast is if we had a giant button in the middle of the table, and every time we hit it, it says, define your terms. <laughs> so that oh, way, God. anytime that we're doing it, somebody can slap that button, and then we can tell you exactly <laughs> what we were trying to mean. Because right. some, I mean, I don't know many words, right. actually. And maybe down the road, too. Just words are hard. Yeah, words, thinking about words hard. If we, have, if we actually do have listeners down the road and ask what they want to learn about and some of the words, if they want to demystify some of the words that we use, but also like down the road, too, things they want us to focus on after we have a certain amount of guests. Yeah. So all our, you know, five um, audience members <laughs> listening to this, if you have any ideas, let us know. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's also a good thing is trying to keep the dialogue open because a lot of podcasts, they just basically yell at you or tell you, and then they don't ask for feedback. And I think what we should do is try to get that open dialogue more because, again, we're learning with you, and so the only way that we could discuss it is if you talk to us. Yeah, exactly. 
tell me what you need. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think it's also like how, even in definitions, that can be kind of difficult to bring yeah. apart. You know what I mean? Because uh, when I was thinking about it and I was listening to you talk, I was thinking about like how doctors would be like, oh, that's a hematoma. It's a bruise. It's a damn bruise. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's an ouchie. Right. It's, an, it's a boo-boo. You, you know? And so it's like sometimes we, even within the definitions, we need to kind of still modify that and distill it into something that's a little bit more... Um, Accessible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think half of us don't even really come from academic backgrounds. So imagine us... When, imagine when we were here going through this process of the PhD, the master's programs, and all the things that we had to do just to catch up. Yeah. And then to excel, you have to go beyond that. Oh, absolutely. Yep. So I think if you think about it, you know, I was thinking, like, when I told my grandmother, oh, I'm doing archaeology. Oh, you're a doctor, mijo? <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't even know. Not the one that, t that helps people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just look at fun things, you know. So, but I think... I think that would, I mean, that would have been a great idea if we had that buzzer. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally thinking about that. Because I think so, also because we all are also in it, that we're just going to banter back and forth off of it. Right. And then we're going to forget at times what we're saying and how we're saying it. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's a great point that you said, Jared, was like, you know, we need to have this feedback. Right. You know, please let us know if there's something that you want us to explain more. Right. If there's something that you want us to go in, in depth with. Like, right. We're all about that. Yeah. And moving forward, too, we're going to talk about up-to-date archaeological news and probably anthropology news in general. So we'll do like a, after we do our quick intro and kind of talk about some topics that are in the news and anthropology and archaeology. And then, you know, we'll talk a little bit and then we'll have our guests on. Yeah, I mean, there there are, are there are some decent archaeological podcasts out there, but again, they're very focused on, or they're very specialized on one aspect of archaeology. So in this instance, I think we should really try to get a get a sense of the entire field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Be as well-rounded as possible. Yeah. Well, I'm very well-rounded. <laughs> or fluffy, buddy. <laughs> You know, and then once we start bringing people from cultural uh, anthropology and bioarchaeology and bio, I think that's going to be really awesome, too, because then they have a totally different way of looking at the same things that we look at. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I'm looking forward to that. Me, too. Yeah. It'd be cool to see how different people define the same word, all, all based on their own um, experiences, for example. Because, I mean, if we look at the four of us and the experiences we've had in classes, you know, we've all, you know, we had to, to define certain things and we all have our own experiences in how to define these things. And experiences in the field, too. Let's yeah, be honest. all of us. Yeah. <laughs> A little. Un poco. <laughs> and then we also think, like, one of the reasons why, you know, we want to be as well-rounded as possible is because we've, at least I've come to realize, you know, being here at Texas State and taking the different classes um, and having to read different things, how all of these things um, enrich what you know and basically makes you look at archaeology and field work and outreach and all these things in different ways from different points of view. Yep. But also things that we would not do or things that we might do better. I mean, if we look at how articles are written and some of the ones we've had uh, to read and you know, you can tell like one paragraph and like, oh, I'm gonna really gonna hate reading this one. And there's a reason why. Or you get one that's like, oh, I love how this person writes. Yes. Because they make it engaging and exciting or they simplify things. And so these are things that we can learn. So when we write and when we present to take all these things into consideration. Yeah, I think all of us have been in classes and 
all agree that some of this stuff is so dense and it's super hard to read. Yeah, I would have to read some articles like four times. Yeah. Could you actually imagine being a public in like not understanding half those words, trying to read that? No, yeah. you're gonna move on. Yeah. It's the only way that you can actually express ideas is to get them through to everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Hooray. <clears throat> All right. All right, what else do you want to talk about? I don't know. Let's see. It's about archaeology and anthropology and humanity. So, what is the humanities? What are the humanities? Hmm. Human things. <laughs> <laughs> we talking academia? We talking philosophy, oh, sociology? Oh, yeah, that's, a, like, that's a very broad thing. Let's get in this here. Right? Let's dig deep. So, there's a whole bunch of other ologies. Uh, ology, that's the word of the day. Ooh, that's the study of. I yeah. know that one. <laughs> well, I guess they all kind of work together to give us a broad view on humanity. So if we look at psychology, sociology, anthropology, philosophy, everything. You know, we look at all these and put it together, and then that's how we kind of view humanity. What the hell makes us human? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think humans are definitely intersectional. intersectional. You know, we have so many attributes to ourselves. We have our mind, we have our body, we have our past, we have our present, we have our future. Um, we have our language, we have our body movements. And, you know, so it, I, I think if we're trying to understand humanity in a whole, we need to recognize that we are intersectional and we need to look at these different avenues of understanding ourselves. Yeah. You know, like philosophy. How do you think? How do you see the world? Right. Um, I don't think. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think but, I am. <laughs> but I mean, going back to, you know, the idea of being intersectional, like one of the words that always sticks with me um, is the word uh, habitus. And you know, that's one of those big words. And, oh. you know, <laughs> habitus or plural, is it habituses or habiti? Yeah, habiti. Habiti. I don't know if that's right. You're a habiti. Like <laughs> I appreciate it. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> And the way I, you know, when I think about, you know, what your habitat or your habitus is, is just different um, versions of you, the individual, based on certain things. For example, the person that you are at school, the person that you are at home, the person that you are when you're, you know, at a bar, the person that you are when you are in church, or, you know, the way that you think and act, yeah, you know, you many when masks. you're around your parents, like all of these different intersectional versions of you are different habitai mm -hmm. and you know it's one of those words i learned in cultural anthropology yep. i remember something so that brings me to th uh, this question where it's like so if we're looking at archaeology we understand that there's multiple habitai to a person yeah how can we pull that from archaeological records Ooh. yeah that's pretty good yeah. i would say that you would probably need some sort of cable-like argument <laughs> yeah <laughs> string it all together here we go yeah, and then that's when the um, the uh, looking at uh, looking at archaeology through different lenses or different expertise can help mm -hmm. you understand the different habitat a person has. Because right. you can look at if they were buried, for example, and they have all these different grave goods. The grave goods will tell us one thing, but if you look at the bones and you can tell if they had any illnesses or what they used to eat, then that is a totally different um, habitat. And then if there is anything written for example and they have their names and this is this is lord so-and-so and that's a whole other habitat so different archaeologists with their specialties can all examine one person right 
those different habitats. And, and I think we're getting better with collaborative archaeology, not mm -hmm. just you know with each other as archaeologists with other cultures and Native American groups and everything. So it's important to get all those different perspectives, like Tony said, and bring it all together and let's figure it out. Let's figure out what we are and who we are. That that sounds like an easy task. <laughs> Too easy. Yeah. Too easy. It's definitely not easy. Get a harder problem. I think after the next podcast, we should be done with this whole thing. Yeah, right? one and done. <laughs> For the next several hundred podcasts, where we'll be talking about archaeology and anthropology and humanity. <laughs> I love it that that's I sticking. Hate it. I love Why it. is it sticking? I don't understand. <laughs> but you know, I think this whole podcast, at least of this first one. It's definitely where we are defining what we're doing, defining our terms, trying to kind of demystify what we're going to be doing here. Yeah. And so um, I think that's a perfect way to start, yeah. you know, with we, humanity or <laughs> anthropology, anthropology oh, yeah. or whatever, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So we have a closing song. <laughs> oh, we will. I gotta get an '80s riff on a guitar going, so we get the intro outro. Um, do you want to talk about our first guest we're gonna have? Yes, so I believe our first guest might be Dr. Nicholas Carter. Yep. Yeah. So he's a uh, myopigraphist. And the voice of a god. Oh, yeah. yeah the Duke voice. <laughs> yes. um, he graduated from Brown and Harvard, and so he's here teaching uh, Mesoamerican archaeology, epigraphy, iconography. Um, At Texas State University, right? Texas State, I think, yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I it's a wonderful I, institution, I think. Eat them up, kitty cats. <laughs> 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 So hopefully uh, here coming soon we'll have him to kind of go through what he does and uh, what he's working on. Yep. Wow. As I can't believe that um, if you're still listening, you actually made it through the entire first podcast. <laughs> so congratulations to you, and I hope that we will see you again um, later on and down the trail. Please come back. Thank Please. you. Please. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Thanks for no, listening. Yeah, and if, if you like this, then like it. If you don't, then leave. That's fine. Yeah, that's I fine. Mean, don't leave. Just yeah. don't like it anyways. <laughs> Send it to your enemies if that's the case. Perfect. Yes, I, I'm okay with this. Yeah. Well, these are the rascals and... Uh, relics and uh, ruins and oi. <laughs> Gosh, I still hate it here. <laughs> <laughs>